0: I'd like to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter four. It's page one one six O if you're following in your Pew Bibles. And the heading is Treasure in Jars of Clay. Beginning at verse 1, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I thought a good bit about what I would speak on on this uh, last sermon of 2023, and I was led to speak uh, on one of the themes that kind of burns within my heart. Uh, In general terms, I suppose you could call it discipleship, or another word you could use for it is personal transformation. And here in one of the most powerful passages in the New Testament, Paul speaks about the transformation, the transfer, transformation of the, the gospel in our lives. He uses this beautiful analogy of treasure being kept in a clay pot. Now we probably lose a little bit of the analogy here, because we have things like safes and banks and so on. Uh, but in those days, of course they didn't, if they had something precious or treasured to them they would either place it in a clay pot or perhaps they might even dig a hole in the ground in their property somewhere and they might bury it uh, but it was this idea of something very treasured very very special very valuable but it was placed in something quite vulnerable really quite fragile in a pouch or a jar a clay jar And Paul makes a number of points in chapter 4, but the the essential point I want to emphasize today uh, or this morning is this idea of the treasure of the gospel. In verse 7, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. And that's really what I want to speak on today, the treasure of the gospel in us, and we are like jars of clay. The light that descended at Christmas time and the glory that came with that light is amazingly the same light that dwells in a believer. When we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is, is in us. He begins to live in us in a new, transforming way. We possess a certain glory as someone made in the image of God, as a human being. But whenever we trust in Jesus as our Savior, the glory takes on a a, a new upgrade, if you like, as the Spirit of God dwells within us, as the treasure of the gospel resides in our hearts, that begins to change us and transform us from the inside out. And Paul goes on to say that this light has shone in the darkness. And here we have an echo of John chapter 1. The light has shone in the darkness, and it is whenever we come in faith to Jesus that that light begins to penetrate us. It begins to illuminate us. We begin to think differently, and Paul emphasizes that this light, this glory, this treasure, if you will, now resides in weak, vulnerable, broken bodies. And according to verses 10 and 11, this life of Jesus should become more and more evident in us. His life, he says, should be revealed in our mortal bodies. Paul himself admits that he is weak. You may remember when we were doing 2 Corinthians, the the primary argument that Paul was was making is that his opponents were saying because he was weak, because he was vulnerable, uh, because he wasn't impressive he couldn't be an apostle. And Paul's argument was, no, it's exactly because I'm weak. It's because I'm ordinary. It's because I'm an ordinary human being that I can be an apostle of Jesus Christ because His glory has come into this broken clay jar. And the more hard-pressed I am, the more crushed I am, the more perplexed I am, the more, the more I suffer, the more the light shines through the cracks. That, that's his essential point of the whole of Second Corinthians… And it kind of comes to a highlight here in Second Corinthians four. God puts the precious, precious gospel into broken, ordinary people like you and me. And whenever I was preaching in Second Corinthians four, you may remember, you may not remember, but I used the illustration of Sir Oliver Franks, who during the Cold War was the ambassador for the United Kingdom based in the United States. And he frequently needed to get secret messages to and fro between Washington and London. They wouldn't use the telephone because it was too risky. So there would be a courier who would fly from Washington to London with the the bag, the, the courier bag with the, the secret documents in it. And you may remember I said that whenever he had something really, really, really top secret, he didn't entrust it to the courier in the pouch. He actually posted it by ordinary post so that it wouldn't attract any attention, this very secret, very special news. And in a sense, that's what Paul is saying, is that this this treasure of the gospel, this wonderful gift that was kept a secret for so many years in the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament was revealed as being in Jesus Christ that that wonderful gospel is now in us. We are the carriers of that message. But unlike the Cold War situation, we want actually that message to get out there. We want to share the message. We want to spread the message, but it is in ordinary clay jars. When we ask the basic question, what does it mean? What does God mean uh, for a human being to be? A human being, an ordinary human being, is to reveal the life of God to reveal the life of God to our families, to our friends, to our work colleagues, to the world. The Westminster Confession of Faith asks the question, what is men and women's chief purpose or chief end? And the answer comes back, it is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And this, in a sense, is discipleship. To enjoy God and to glorify God is discipleship. It is spiritual Formation. And as we come to the end of 2023, we recognize that our lives are both magnificent and messy. They are beautiful and yet also broken. And Paul's life was also bruised and broken, and yet it has the opportunity for the light of the gospel of Christ to shine out more clearly. As we look back over 2023, it's a good time to do inventory of our lives how are we doing spiritually? Have we grown closer to Jesus, or have we drifted further away from Him? It is hard spiritually to, sit, to stay in the same place. I always believe that you're either moving towards God or you're moving away from God. I never believe you're staying in the same place. And, and that's how we are physically and emotionally. You're not the same person physically as you were at the beginning of 2023. And you say, maybe sadly, you're not the same person physically. But maybe emotionally you're changed as well. Maybe emotionally you have learned a lot over this past year. You're not the same person. You're the same and yet not the same. And so it is spiritually. You never remain the same. Are you growing spiritually or are you declining spiritually? How can we reveal more of Jesus Christ and His glory, the treasure in our bodies as we head into 2024? 2024? And you can only answer that. You're the only one can answer that. I can't answer that for you. I've decided that in January we're going to do a new series for a couple of months. Um, let me just put a, a slide up. It's called Deep Calls to Deep Spiritual Formation for Ordinary People. And so for five or six weeks, we're going to look, uh, hopefully very practically, at, at what it means for the depth of God to call to the depth of our souls and how we can grow spiritually in 2024. Perhaps, I don't know whether you have made a New Year resolution. Sometimes we make a New Year's resolution. It kind of lasts about two weeks, uh, maybe to eat less, exercise more, tidy that room, whatever. And we set into a new year with a new determination. Well, can I encourage us to come to Sunday mornings with a new determination To be spiritually formed as ordinary people. You see, you are being discipled by the world. The world is not neutral, it is discipling you every moment of every day, and the world is getting better and better and better at discipling you. John Mark Comer says that we are in a cultural milieu of distraction and addiction. And so much of what we have as tools for getting us through life is now robbing us of the ability to be fully present to God and fully present to each other. Andrew Sullivan, writing an article for the New York Times, had the title, I Used to Be a Human Being. He says this, there are books to be read, landscapes to be walked, friends to be with, and life to be fully lived. But the new epidemic of distraction in our, is our civilization's specific weakness. And its threat is not so much to our minds, even as they shape shift under the pressure, the threat is to our souls. At this rate, if the noise does not relent, we might even forget that we have a soul. And I'm convinced a lot of our modern current generation have forgotten that they have a soul. They are so bombarded and distracted by so many things, and the pace of life is so frenetic that they're not actually thinking about the well-being of their soul. I was at a family party last night, and it was interesting in the conversation. Quite a number of the ones there were young people, and the conversation came up about spiritual things. I thought it was interesting that one of the comments was made is that Uh, you have a lot of time to think about Jesus and who He is, uh, but but most of us in the world, we we, we just don't take time to think about those sort of things. And I thought, exactly, exactly. A lot of this generation isn't taking time to think about the meaning of life. Why are we here? And what is the point of life? We seem to be just more and more distracting ourselves into oblivion, And this is the great challenge of our time, especially for the younger generation. And it militates against spiritual formation and the treasure that is within us growing and shining. There's someone in California and various other places working on how to keep you addicted and distracted. As I was chatting with our our kids, our sons and daughters over Christmas, one of them said, you know, when I'm, when I'm watching TikTok, you can, you can press the corner of TikTok and it can go at twice the speed. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So you can watch it at twice as quickly so that you can watch more TikTok videos twice as quickly. Uh, during COVID, a lot of the students were, um, found that they couldn't go to lectures, so the lectures were on Zoom or they were on audio. But do you know what they did? They sped them up twice, three times the speed so that they could get through the lecture even more quickly. And that apparently was a common practice. It was actually very rare to listen to a lecture or a seminar at normal speed. Dear only knows what they're doing to my sermon. (laughs) Just swipe through that. And you may say, well, that's good, and and they're saving time, but they're saving time to do what? To reflect on their souls? I don't think so. Saving time to shop more, perhaps, saving time to look at TikTok videos or YouTube videos, none of which are particularly good for their soul. Andrew Sullivan continues, he says, modernity slowly weakens spirituality by design and accident in favor of commerce. It downplayed silence and mere being in favor of noise and constant action. If churches came to understand that the greatest threat to faith today is not hedonism, but distraction, perhaps they might begin to appeal to a new frazzled digital generation." So, this new series is called Deep Calls to Deep because the deep God wants to speak into the deep of your soul. But unfortunately, we are an increasingly shallow people. It is not that it is all about sitting quietly in a room all day. For for many of us, that is not practical. Many of us are not contemplatives or introverts. But it is about obedience. It is about action. It is about surrender and discipline. And these are not popular concepts today. But as we unpack what it means for deep call to deep, we will be spiritually formed in a good way, I hope. There's something in the evangelical side of Christianity which is emphasized called justification by faith, and that's a wonderful truth, that whenever we are converted, that we are justified, we are declared to be perfect in God's sight, declared to be holy, and that is good and that is biblical. But there is a danger of so emphasizing justification that we're justified in God's sight that we forget sanctification, or to make a made-up word, holification, that we don't grow in god So, conversion is good. Justification is good, but it's not the end of the story. It's, in a sense, the beginning of the story because then we are to be Sanctified. We are to be transformed. We are to be discipled into the likeness of Jesus. There is so much growing to do. It is a process. It is a journey. The process of the fruit of the Holy Spirit changing us and forming us. And then, after sanctification, you get justification. Then you've glorify, uh, uh, sorry, justification, sanctification, and then glorification. Whenever we are called home. Uh, we are glorified and perfected. But there's a lot of growing to be done in this middle stage. Philippians 2 and 12, Paul says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you. We work out what God works in. And at the end of Philippians, Paul uses the language of pressing on. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. That is intentionality, that is discipline, that is formation. Or Second Peter chapter 1, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and your election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One of the problems of living in Northern Ireland is that it is a very churchy place. It's a very religious place. But unfortunately, it's full of pygmy Christians, people who have not grown. They either think because I go to church, I'm a Christian, or they've maybe come to a saving faith, but it's been very much a kind of a head knowledge, but it hasn't impacted their hearts and their souls and their hands and their feet and how they live, and it hasn't impacted their wallets. It hasn't impacted their bank accounts. It hasn't impacted anything. And they're pygmy Christians, and they are not being spiritually formed because the Holy Spirit is not shining in and through them and changing them. And God wants to do this work in us. He wants the treasure to shine more brightly. And to do this, we need to position ourselves for transformation. And so that's what I'm encouraging us to do as we begin next Sunday is to position ourselves for transformation. For ordinary people, I mean, I know a lot of the books that are written and a lot of the sermons that are preached are preached by people like me, kind of professional Christians. And I'm paid to ponder. You know, you you pay me to reflect deeply in the Scriptures. But you don't have that luxury, many of you, unless you're retired. You don't have the time. You've got families. You've got jobs. You've got all sorts of stuff hitting and flying at you. But you can grow as a Christian. And, and so I'm going to direct this to ordinary people. How do ordinary people grow in spiritual formation? Not the professionals, not the ministers, not the clergy, not people who, who kind of have time set aside to do that, but ordinary people. Because that's who Paul is writing to, that's who Jesus is, is speaking to. Ordinary people, followers of Jesus. How do we follow him? So I'm excited as we, as we look into this new series over the next few weeks, as we want to grow, as we want the treasure that is in our hearts and in our souls to shine out. Will you join me in that great process and journey? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you take messy, broken clay jars such as us, and you invest us with glory. And you place the treasure of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ in broken, messy lives like ours. But your purpose and your plan is that we would shine for you, that we would live for you, and that this messy, confused, and lost world would see some of that light. And so we pray, Lord, with a new determination, may 2024 be the year where the treasure shines more brightly within us. Where the treasure is encouraged, where the glory is increased, and where you get more glory through our lives. 2023 is past. We can't change it, it's gone. But as we head into a new year, Lord, use us for your glory more and more and more. That is our prayer, that is our desire that the treasure would shine. And show the all-surpassing power that is from God and not from us. And to you be the glory. And God's people said, Amen.